When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. People are strange. Is that strange? That is strange. That is strange. Well, that is strange. This is strange. And welcome back to another episode of Strange Sauna, everybody. This is part two of the Elon Musk Mark of the Beast episode series. If you haven't checked out episode one, consider going back and watching that. We dive into a lot of different topics. We dive into Elon Musk being exposed as a fraud. He's claiming that he has founded all of these businesses, but you go and you find out that he really just takes over these businesses and then has some sort of contractual agreement for them to rewrite history so that way he can be perceived as the founders of these things. And then we got into this Twitter thread by Drew Tang Reborn, all right? And it is a very deep and in-depth Twitter thread, and I just didn't have enough time to cover that, so I'm going to go back into that. We're going to finish up that and then also dive into the interview with Shalom Girl, a.k.a. Elon Musk's nanny. Now, this is just who she claims to be, but she was on an interview with Right On Radio. So we are going to look at some clips from that interview, digest what we're seeing here, and kind of seeing if, uh, if what she's saying adds up. So before we get started, my name is Greg. I talk about strange things in my sauna, hence strange sauna, all right? And if you like this topics, if you like these topics, if you like this kind of thing, if you like conspiracy theories, occult symbolism breakdown, then you've reached the right place because that's what this show's all about. Leave that thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. It really means a lot. And also, if you're listening on audio, download on Apple and Spotify right now. Go do it and leave me a comment, leave me a review. It really does help the show. It boosts that algorithm. All right, so let's dive into Elon Musk. Let's get steamy, everybody. So going back to the Twitter thread by Drew Tang Reborn. As you all recall, in part one, we talked about this Osiris Risen, the Osiris Risen ritual. This is the Aleister Crowley ritual and Elon Musk's obsession with the letter X. And he's seemingly performing the Osiris Risen ritual here. And it goes through a lot of different details, okay? Thelema goes through Aleister Crowley, goes through Project Mars, written by Werner von Braun. And going forward here, we left off right as he was talking about Deus Ex, the video game. 
and Elon Musk's obsession with Deus Ex. He's even tweeting about it again. We left off talking about Deus Ex and the alien greys, and in this Deus Ex, there was this video game called Deus Ex, where the government created alien greys as a distraction from their actual project, or I should say the Illuminati created these things, okay? Now, this is just the video game, people, okay? Not real life, just the video game. But everybody go back and and, uh, watch part one. We go deep into all of those topics, all right? Moving forward, continuing on with this thread, Hollywood in general has always been the main pusher of the public's idea of aliens and space travel in general. Now, he capitalizes the L-I-E in aliens to make it look like lie. So the aliens are based on a lie. That's what he's saying. Before the, quote, moon landing, Werner von Braun was working hand-in-hand with Walt Disney to program the population for a new space age. And we have these side-by-side kind of comparisons here. You have the Nazi symbolism next to this Central Intelligence Agency you have this, uh, you know, the Hydra over here, whatever this is, the Walt Disney stuff. So, yeah, he's making a comparison between Werner von Braun and uh, Walt Disney, or at least a connection. It only made sense as Cape Canaveral was just down the road from the new Disney World in Orlando. Disney's movie, quote, magic helped prepare the public for the moon landings and opened up their minds to a range of science fiction, specifically producing a show with NASA called Man in Space. And he shows a map here of uh, the new Disney World in Orlando, making uh, its way over to Cape Canaveral. I think I'm saying that right. Now, where things get interesting is a few select messages Von Braun passed along near and after his death. The first was a conversation with his assistant, Carol Rosen, in which he tells her to the uh, the ruling class's, quote, final move is to fake an alien invasion. And we've heard about this. Project Blue Beam, baby. The second is on his tombstone. So here's the first statement, right? So he has like this little snippet of this conversation. And towards the end of this, this is what he highlighted. And remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens. And all of it, he said, is a lie. Now, if we look at his tombstone, he calls out the firmament. Right? This is a, a quote from the Bible, Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. All right, now, to all the flat earthers out there, I'm just saying. This guy is talking about the firmament. The firmament is a heavy part of the Bible, right? I don't know. All right, continuing on. In his final messages to humanity, the father of space travel, NASA's top Nazi seemed to only indicate that not only were aliens fake, but that space travel as we know it might not even exist. What then would be the purpose of Parsons and his rocket shows? Another ritual? So they're saying, if space is fake, what is all this hubbub about? Why are we doing all of this? What does all of this mean if if we're trying to put all these rockets up into the air? Is it for another purpose? 
And now he gets into this ritual here, which is the unaliving of the king ritual. Everybody can read the word here. In which a previous king, Osiris, is unalived and then essentially immortalized in culture in order to form a new empire slash regime, Horus. Memorialized by an obelisk, Osiris's uh, phallus, we'll just say here. But yes, the unaliving of the king. All right, you had um, Julius Caesar being taken down. Abraham Lincoln being taken down, you have JFK being taken down, and you have these obelisks. And the rocket itself resembles an obelisk. And I know that certain people have said that the obelisk, shaped like a phallus, a a male phallus, seemingly impregnates the sky when it enters, uh, you know, atmosphere. So maybe there's a ritual there. You know what I mean? As far as that phallic tradition, who knows? Who really knows, dude? Uh, but that makes me think something might happen to Biden. All right. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want violence on anybody. Okay. If you're violent, get away from me, get away from my family, get away from this channel. But they do things like this these uh, unaliving the king rituals to harness some energy to put forth a new movement. And with this aeon of horse coming, who knows? Who knows what they're willing to do? Continuing on with this post here. Perhaps the Apollo moon missions were faked. And if the firmament Von Braun was pointing to is the impassable Van Allen radiation belt? Maybe the best way to usher in a moon child is to slay Osiris, JFK, and then shoot his uh, phallus at the Isis moon. Okay, yeah, sorry about the uh, the words there. But he's basically saying that the moon would be the vagina. All right. And that the phallus would be the rocket, the spaceship. Okay. And ushering in the moon child... How do you impregnate the moon? You know, the the child has to come from the moon. And this has to do with the Babylon working ritual that we just talked about in episode one. We had Jack Parsons, L. Ron Hubbard, even Marjorie Cameron got in on this. The Babylon working ritual out in the desert where they were trying to usher in the moon child to bring about the Antichrist. Now, right after that ritual was performed... Donald Trump was born on a blood moon. I'm not saying that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. I'm not saying that he is the moon child. I'm saying that Jack Parsons and Marjorie Cameron never had a child. They performed this ritual, but they were unsuccessful at conceiving the child. So that brought about the speculation, was the child born somewhere else in the world? Donald Trump was born about a year or so later on a blood moon. Hillary Clinton was also born about a couple months later, too. So a lot of people were born. I don't want to just point it out just to one person. I'm sure there were multiple people born during Donald Trump's birthday as well on the blood moon. So it could be anybody. I'm purely just speculating here. But none of them have become the United States president, okay? Um, Going back to this, well, let's watch this little video here. 
Every space mission in history with humans on board, from both the United States and Soviet Union, from the first in 1961 to the present, has been well below this deadly radiation field. All except Apollo. The more experienced Soviets spent 100 hours in space for every 20 hours of the U.S. In order to survive the hour and a half journey through this radiation field necessary to reach the moon and return, solid lead shielding between the astronauts and the exposure outside would be required. If it was impossible to better the Soviets in the space race, which was really a race of technological armaments, what could be done? How could America offset the threat of superior weaponry? Throughout the history of rivalry and war, astute generals of lesser armies than their counterparts have used deceit and misinformation as a method to achieve... In World War II, for example, columns of inflatable tanks were placed at locations afar from Normandy to draw German forces away from the real location of invasion. The Star Wars missile defense program rigged tests to make it seem more advanced than it really was. In order for them to believe the United States had the capability to go to the moon, everyone would have to believe it. Furthermore, the pride of a nation was at stake, and the goal of a martyr, not to mention the growing unrest domestically of a government throwing tens of thousands of lives away in a foreign war riddled with contradiction and ambiguity. In addition, the Apollo program had already spent billions of dollars. If it failed to achieve its goal with such an investment, it would indeed be a large and bitter for the taxpayers to swallow. The cost of the program, whose sole goal was to be the first to plant a flag on the lifeless rock just outside the Earth, if adjusted for inflation to the 21st century, was $135 billion. So yeah, that video was uh, exploring the truth behind the Apollo program. That was just a little snippet that he included in this, saying, hey, yeah, what if the Apollo moon missions were faked? And there were other scenarios that they were fulfilling with these rituals, you know? This live mass trauma ritual reenactment of the Osiris myth is known as uh, the unaliving of the king, where you traumatize a nation, then build a monument to the dead martyr king's Osiris, or uh, in the dead martyr king's Osiris's honor, and rule by his authority from beyond the grave as Horus. And he has a little snippet here, Horus and the Pharaoh. The pyramid texts, these the these were uh, 2400 to 2300 BCE. Describe the nature of the Pharaoh in different characters as both Horus and Osiris. The Pharaoh as Horus in life became the Pharaoh as Osiris in death, where he was united with the other gods. New incarnations of Horus succeeded the deceased or the deceased Pharaoh on earth in the form of new pharaohs. Okay, it's this death and resurrection, the birth and rebirth, the death and rebirth, that kind of stuff. If this idea of a martyred hero whose authority you rule by seems familiar, you might have been thinking of the Roman Empire. They had two slain JCs to rule by, first Julius Caesar, then Jesus Christ. JC, both of them. Osiris slain. Here is the Osiris slain symbolism. Caesar lived on through every Roman emperor when people called them the title Caesar. The Pope is Jesus' closest servant on earth. The U.S. government, quote, went to the moon under the authority of their king, JFK, who they had slain themselves as the Romans had unalived the JCs. Now to get back to Musk's role in all of this. 
Do you know what symbol from the Paleo-Hebrew Phoenician alphabet the earliest Christians used to represent Christ as the Omega? The last letter of their alphabet, X, which they later morphed into a T-shape. Now check this out. The Phoenician alphabet. There's the last letter, X, T. It's T, but it looks like an X. Now, I'm sure many of you have been waiting for the most obvious and expensive Musk Savior propaganda campaign of them all, the Marvel movies. Marvel was Jack Parsons' real first name, and Stan Lee was a U.S. Army-employed propagandist in World War II. So Stan Lee, I believe, wrote the Marvel movies. Yeah, once in the Army, became aware of writing, uh, his writing ability, and he was transferred to the training film division where he was given the military classification playwright. He was one of only nine men given that classification. So he helped write the Marvel movies, Captain America, all that jazz, getting everybody excited about defending their countries, or defending their country. Not to ruin the plot for you, but Robert Downey Jr. plays the role of, quote, Tony Stark or Iron Man, in which he based the character off of Elon Musk. Musk, of course, was in the second movie. Yes, look, Elon Musk actually made a little cameo presence, you know? He shows up, and everybody always says, Elon Musk is the real-life Iron Man, right? Like, he's building rockets, he's doing stuff with AI, he has, like, these little brain chip interfaces where he can put stuff in your body to make you superhuman. Elon Musk, Tony Stark. And Robert Downey Jr. used the entrepreneur as a role model for his part in the 2008 film Iron Man. So he wanted to get help from Elon Musk for the role. If the series being named after the father of the moon child Marvel, Jack Parsons, wasn't enough for you, maybe the fact that they based Iron Man's father, Howard Stark, on Parsons' will. In recent comics, they reveal Stark's father to be a Satanist who sells Tony's soul for knowledge. Look at this. Howard Stark looks just like Jack Parsons. Like, to a T. I mean, with the suit and all this stuff, the mustache. You know what I mean? And Marvel Whiteside Parsons was Jack Parsons' real name. And then all of a sudden you come out with these Marvel comics where you have uh, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man, who's this Elon Musk type entrepreneur building rockets, defense contractors. Um, And yeah, now you have this story of Howard Stark, Tony Stark's father, being a Satanist or the Antichrist here. He would give him his firstborn son. All right. Now, think about this. Going back to Elon Musk and his family, he has 11 kids from three different women. 11 times three is 33. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just, you know, coincidence. But all of Musk's children were born either in vitro fertilization or they used a surrogate. None of them were made uh, in the more conventional way. He had seven sons. Now think about this. The beast from the revelation with seven heads. Seven sons are the seven heads of the family. Right? Your 
If you're the son, you're the head of the family, right? He has seven heads of the family that he created. His firstborn, okay, tying this back into the um, Howard Stark, how Howard Stark wanted to sacrifice Tony Stark uh, to Satan. I, now, that's just from this article clip. I don't know if that's actually true, okay? That's just referring to this um, little clip here where it says, Marvel Comics just casually revealed that Iron Man is the Antichrist. So, going back to Musk, though, uh, his firstborn, Nevada Alexander Musk, died at 10 weeks. Now, he referenced this when refusing to reinstate Alex Jones to Twitter because Alex Jones did some stuff with the, the school, like kind of making up stories about how People didn't die and all that stuff. He said that, quote, My firstborn child died in my arms. I felt his last heartbeat. I have no mercy for anyone who would use the deaths of children for gain, politics, or fame. However, Elon Musk's ex-wife, Justine Musk, refuted this by stating that she was the one who was holding Nevada Alexander Musk when he died. So why why is Elon lying about that for one? And he's using that as an excuse not to bring back Alex Jones onto Twitter or X. But he said that he was the one who held him as he died. It was his firstborn son. His firstborn son was, did not make it. All right. Look at that however you will. Okay. And to be fair, if we're looking at his son's, one of them is now a transgender, okay, and has become Vivian Jenna Wilson. So, not really a son anymore. Um, but with X, uh, bringing back in the X, I mean, you have Xavier. Um, so, Vivian was Xavier Alexander Musk. Alexander, Alex has an X in it. Um, you have Saxton with the X in it. And then this, the one with Grimes, okay, the first child, X-A-E-A-X-1-1 Musk, or X-I-I, I mean, it's, it's all Roman. So Grimes stated that X stands for, quote, the unknown variable, A-E stands for, quote, my elven spelling of A-I, and A-12, precursor to SR-17, our favorite aircraft. Their first son was named after the unknown variable, the elven spelling for AI, which is like, why would you name your son after AI and an elven? And then also the precursor to the SR-17, their favorite aircraft. Musk and Grimes, who conceived X through in vitro fertilization, had planned to have a girl, but the fertilized egg that got implanted as they were preparing to go to Burning Man in 2019, turned out to be a male. Hmm. And the daughter, so Elon has a daughter with Grimes, and her name is Exa Dark Side Rael Musk, known as Y. All right, now, Exa, X, uh, you know, you got, it's right there, X. Here it is again. But Dark Side Rael Musk, and it's spelled just like rail, railians, railianism, rail, dark side rail. 
like is Elon Musk and Grimes, are they Raelians? I just want to know. They have Rael in their daughter's name. Real quick before we get back to this post, Grimes said that she sold her soul in an online art exhibition in 2020. Yeah, she sold a piece of artwork called Selling Out, which was a legal document whereby the purchaser acquired a percentage of Grimes' soul. The piece originally was priced at $10 million, but ultimately it was settled, quote, on a best offer. It's actually not even known if it was sold or not, but she set the price so high because she didn't want people to buy it. But it's like, why are you even putting it out there? Why are you trying to sell your soul? Very strange. All right, let's get back into this, uh, this Twitter thread here. In the 22 movies that began with the first Iron Man movie, the Avengers Endgame film ends with Iron Man. Oh, we got a spoiler alert here. All right, if you haven't seen this, plug yours. Iron Man sacrificing himself in Christ-like fashion to stop Thanos' depopulation uh, plot. Okay. And then we have a lot of Bill Gates about population growth, all this stuff. Okay. Marvel Jack Parsons referred to himself as the Antichrist and Crowley called himself the Beast 666. What would a Moonchild Antichrist really be like? One that got his powers from his own intelligence and wealth rather than be divinely blessed by God? All right, think about it. The best part is that Stark even has a transhumanist resurrection as an AI. Right on cue with the rest of the techno-Jesus roles. Exactly the kind of stuff that Musk is looking to achieve with the Neuralink and AI. Okay. And he has, there's a little snippet here from the New York Post. Meanwhile, let's not leave out Tesla's Elon Musk who doesn't care about his body. He simply wants his thoughts and brain to live forever via his new company Neuralink. Musk says a lot of seemingly fantastic things. For example, the billionaire Tesla, blah, 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 eventually able to download their brains into robots. People, He wants people to download their brains into robots, people. Come on. And then here's the Tony Stark resurrected his AI. Some other fun facts about Stan Lee and Marvel. Not only was Lee behind Iron Man, but he also made X-Men. There's that X. And the wizard Doctor Strange. In X-Men, there's Professor X, the leader who opposes Magneto. Much like Musk versus Soros. Now, I remember... There was this, this is a clip from the Washington Post. He, Musk, came out saying that George Soros hates humanity. And he compared him to the Jewish supervillain, Magneto. You guys remember this? Musk called George Soros Magneto. All right? So that's, uh, that's Musk's words, everybody. I'm just reading this out loud here. Um, in Thelema, the mother goddess Babylon was also referred to as the Scarlet Woman, who would help manifest the Aeon of Horus, bring about the Moonchild. This is how Crowley and Parsons referred to their partners in sex magic. If Elon Musk is Iron Man, then Crowley is 100% represented by Marvel's Doctor Strange, who is in the most recent movie. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The antagonist, the Scarlet Witch, 
and he do rituals that at the end of the movie causes him to grow a demonic third eye. Look at this. So he has a little collage here. There's Crowley. There's the uh, Baphomet Satanist thing. Here is Doctor Strange with that third eyeball. All right. And you have the Scarlet Witch. I mean, come on now. They're making it real obvious, aren't they? And down here, he has a 14th century depiction of the Antichrist where you have that mark of the beast on the forehead. Right where they say your third eye is. On this note, it's interesting to bring up the fact that Crowley had claimed to have channeled a gray alien looking entity called Lamb in 1918. This was nearly 30 years before the events of Roswell, New Mexico. Was this image used to imprint the minds of the public as an alien? So, yes, Aleister Crowley went over, I believe, to Egypt. And he performed something and he he called upon Lamb, the entity. This thing came out. This is his drawing or rendition of Lamb. Looks just like an alien gray. This is a demon that Crowley channeled on uh, April 8th, 9th, and 10th in 1904. Oh, boy. Today they call them angels and demons. Tomorrow they will call them something else, Aleister Crowley. Are aliens really demons? There are many commonalities between what we call an alien life form and a demonic entity. An occultist like Aleister Crowley wrote about the connection, explaining that an intelligence was brought into physical manifestation via a portal that was created during a sex magic ritual called the Allah Mantra working in 1918. The entity was summoned or that was summoned called itself Lamb and Crowley considered it to be an interdimensional being and it strongly resembled the gray aliens of modern UFO research. So that was the ritual working uh, that Aleister Crowley did the Allah mantra working he did that in 1918 but this is saying this is a drawing of a demon from 1904 so there might be a little date mismatch here I don't really know when he drew that you know what I mean now that we've covered the different uh, ways Marvel Jack Parsons and Crowley have contributed to the Moonchild timeline let's look at the uh, Scientology founder L. Ron Hubbard all right so then he just goes into Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, and all this stuff. Um, so that's where I'm going to end the post on this. So hopefully you guys liked that. There was a lot of information. It was kind of convoluted, kind of hard to follow. But I think in the end, the final analysis of what True Tang Reborn is saying is that Elon Musk is trying to be this Jesus Christ figure who will sacrifice himself, bringing about the AI, because... Elon Musk has said that you're calling him on the demon. You're summoning a demon with AI. But he's also helping build AI. He's building these robots. He's building Tesla, these high surveillance machines. He's also building the, the Neuralink, the brain computer chip interfaces here, right? So he's he's really not walking how he's talking. He's he's doing a little bit of uh, separation here. So what is his role in all of this? That's what Drew Tang Reborn was trying to, to point out. And it all comes back to occultism. Like, he's doing these rituals. Elon Musk. Like, 
he might believe in this stuff. He might believe in the OTO. Who knows? Who knows? It's all just theory. You can't really prove it. But we're just, we're speculating here because, you know, why would Elon Musk say all of these things like AI is terrible, don't do this, uh, but then also be all involved in it and help bring it to fruition? All right. Now it is time. It is time to get into Shalom Girl, a.k.a. Elon's nanny. We're going to get into her interview with Right On Radio. I have a couple of clips here that I have lined up to go over. I wanted to start out with this first video, all right, because this kind of sums up. I saw this first video up on TikTok, and I'm like, whoa, 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 who is this? So this is just a TikTok video that Shalom Girl did and has nothing to do with Right On Radio, but then... Uh, I think she got on to the, his, his show right afterwards. All right, so check this video out. Hi. God bless you. I am Shalom Girl on YouTube. Um, I love Jesus, Jesus Christ. He saved me. I want to tell you something. I'm an old lady, kind of. I'm 55. I was born in San Francisco in 1965. When I was a girl, I was in San Francisco, I was procured and sent to work for a family. There were three generations. There was a boy, the boy's mother, and the boy's grandfather. They were coming from Africa They were white as me, I thought they'd be black. They were coming from Africa. And um, because of something the boy did, I never told what he did. The boy did something very dark when he was very little. And I was just coming to know Jesus. And Jesus saved me. And um, anyway, the boy did something very dark. And I never told him what he did. And then one day I asked someone in the circle, Imelda, Joaquin's mother. I asked Imelda, the Antichrist. I was 13 years old. She didn't even blink. She said, no, but he will present the mark. And when you see him do that, the Antichrist will take the stage. So, now here we are, 40 years later. Boom, that boy is the star of the world. He's the king of the world, but Jesus Christ is the king of my heart. Okay, the boy's name then was El Elyon, but it's changed over time. But, we're 40 years later, and I see that boy everywhere, and the world adores him, but he's the king of Babylon. 
And I'm going to call you out. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Be it God, serve him. Be it the king of Babylon, serve him. So that video, I saw that on TikTok. I'm like, whoa, who is this? She's claiming to be Elon Musk's nanny, saying that there was three generations of of people that she went to go take care of, right? She went to go take up Elon, May, and Joshua Haldeman, the, the grandfather, right? Son, mother, and grandpa. So let's let's get into this because she also goes on to write on radio and she claims that Elon Musk did a bad thing in this video, right? That bad thing is that he opened up a portal. He opened up a portal to the abyss. She had to go hold on to him, hang on tight, and when she prayed to Jesus, threw him right back out. Right now, she did say that Elon Musk will bring about the mark of the beast for the Antichrist to take the stage. So I went into the right on radio. I went to the right on radio interview and I took some screenshots of this. I have some clips that I want to play because it kind of introduces Shalom Girl. And it's like, I don't want to say she's lying. Okay. Because you have to assume, you know, there's some good intent here. Her story does match up in certain spots, but then there's certain things where I'm questioning it along the way, all right? Now, this first clip that I would like to play is about her mother's history as a prostitute, right? She was born into this system. She was the child of a prostitute, okay? And she talks about the system of trafficking and just that whole general, uh, what she had to put up with, all right? So here's clip one. My mother was targeted at a, a Halloween party. All the girls were doped up with acid and it was a ritual, sex magic thing on the beach. My bio father is the seventh son of a seventh son. His last name is Aragon, which is used in a lot of movies for the it dragon riders and the prince and the witches and all that. So my mother, she became a madam in San Francisco. So she's a mistress, a madam, a dominatrix, but she ran crews of girls. She was, so growing up, people misunderstand this whole concept. They just think, oh, you're the hooker's kid and they blow it off. No, no, not just the hooker's kid. It's different. It's a system. Don't, you know, there's air traffic control. There's ships, people coming into the docks. You know, there's planes, trains, automobiles, there's communication, there's police dispatchers, there, there, it's, it's a whole B system. And once they get that 5G grid, it's going to be more deadly. So, how, how old would you have been at this time with your mother? Well, 1970, I would have been five. That was the first clip. Okay. Now she said she was five years old, born into this prostitution ring. All right. Now her mother was this madam, but she also did say that her father came into town and got her mother pregnant using sex magic. So maybe Shalom Girl was this byproduct of this sex magic ritual. But who knows? You know what I mean? It's one of those things where she was exposed to this stuff as a young child. And now I'm just assuming that she's telling the truth. Because there's certain things along the way that you'll find out that don't really align. All right. Now she she did mention that. She was, uh, you know, being brought into this system and that this system does exist. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe there's some trauma. I'm going to bet there's trauma. All right. 
So who knows if that kind of messed with the the memories as well along the way. Okay. Now this second clip is going to be where she's introduced to a Dr. Malone. Now this Dr. Malone back in, I believe, 1969 in San Francisco, she says was actually Elon's grandfather, Joshua Haldeman. Now, the controversy is that Joshua Haldeman died in 1974, and she's saying that she's now seeing him alive in 1978 in San Francisco. And all of these people, so Elon, May, and Joshua Haldeman, the grandpa, all lived in South Africa at the time. So she's making the claim that no, they did not. They actually lived in San Francisco. And what you're seeing on the books and all these interviews with May Musk and all of, you know, the whole timeline that you publicly know about Elon Musk is false. So check out clip two. Here we go. My first memory of them was 1970. I'm going to say my school picture was like 1971, 1970, 71. Those kindergarten pictures. And my first encounter was with someone who was introduced to me as Dr. Malone and Thomas Richardson. Dr. Malone ran the drug clinics in San Francisco that um, people know as the LSD clinics. Uh, my mother went in there and got speed freely. She didn't like acid. Okay, so five years old, I remember Dr. Malone, who I now am thoroughly convinced is Dr. Joshua Norman Haldeman, who is Elon Musk's grandfather, who was reported dead in 1974. Can I jump forward a little? Yeah. And, I re- and I remember him after 1978 and he was introduced to me as joshua and i knew that may was may haldeman but i was not allowed to say that and not may was elon's mother may is elon's mother and i was introduced to her as light and she was at my birth like she's claiming that dr malone is actually dr haldeman and that elon's grandpa faked his death all right she also said that she was introduced to May Musk and to call May Musk light. All right. Now, during all of this interview, she said that she can never refer to May as her real name, May Musk. Um, it was forbidden and she had to call her light, which was odd. So this third clip that I have. You're going to find out that May Musk and Shalom Girl Uh, She said that May Musk named her Rosemary when she was born. All right. So this is how far back they go. So in 1965, remember, she was born. But according to the books, May Musk lived over in South Africa in 1965, not in San Francisco. So there's a little contradiction here. My biological father is Spanish from Spain, last name Aragon. These seven brothers show up, drop acid, get the town girls pregnant, blue-eyed virgins on the beach. They're gone like the wind. They come out of nowhere and and um, gather up the mamas. You know, talk people into taking in their wayward girls at the castle. You know, come as nuns, whatever, right? The catechism, grounding them all up. And they said that the castle was a Catholic nunnery. Um, They would use different excuses, but my mother was rounded up. She was in that castle pregnant, and there was a bunch of girls in there. And my mother got out. She said, F that, and she jumped that giant wall pregnant. She said, uh, May Musk was at my birth three, um, 
very soon thereafter at the Kaiser Hospital in San Francisco. And May Musk named me Rosemary. My mother on her deathbed realized so that my May father, Musk named you. May Musk named me Rosemary. So May Musk is the one who named her Rosemary. Now, just take that of what you will. But May Musk would have had to been in San Francisco at the Kaiser Hospital in 1965. Now, there's no accounts of May Musk ever being there. Right? So it makes the story not as believable at that point in time. All right? Now, this next one kind of goes into how Rosemary Shalom Girl was going to be sold at the Hooker's Ball. Because she was saying that she was born into this life of prostitution. Um, her mother was a prostitute, kind of ran this uh, system, escaped this castle thing, right? She jumped over the wall while she was pregnant with her. Um, so this is kind of explains a little bit of the background and like what she was dealing with as a child or as a young girl, I should say. I was approximately 13 years old. I was born in 1965. I was born in San Francisco, California, USA. I was approximately 13 years old, maybe 12, but I think 13. Hooker's Ball, San Francisco, California. For those of you that don't know what that is, it is what it sounds like. It is an illegal, elite, giant. It's 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 a hooker's ball. Um, You're there as a kid watching essentially this big orgy. Yeah, it was a big orgy. It really was. And um, my mom, as bad as she was, didn't like to do cocaine in front of me, so she would ditch me, and I just you know roam around with whoever they assigned me to be with. I was excited to be there. I was happy to be there. I was so happy to be off on a family event with my mother because I was sick and a kid and messed up and I didn't have the right guidelines. I mean, I knew in my heart sometimes I wanted to be a good person, but sometimes I wanted to arise to the occasion and please those people around me, you know? So, but no, I always had something in my heart to tell me it wasn't right. So yeah, she's obviously getting emotional about it, thinking about like what she had to go through, kind of how messed up this was. Like she just thought this was a mother-daughter connection thing, but she realizes now that, yeah, her mom was into some bad stuff. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm sure there's a lot of stories like this out there. You know, it's, you're being born into this system, and how do you get out of it? How do you escape it? This next clip, she's going to talk about escaping from being sold off she was going to be auctioned off or something right so she kind of talks about this movie idea where her mom watched it with her her other prostitute friends and was like that's a good idea we should sell off our children right so she gets a little dicey here um let's let's take a look at this let me give a little bit of ground so there was a movie that brooke shields was in i think she was 11 which is a little girl called pretty baby and she was a child growing up in a whorehouse. Well, I was kind of, not exactly because my mother kept lots of houses and, you know, our home base was our home base. So, but there was a child growing up in a whorehouse and they auctioned her off in Louisiana. And I remember my mother saw that movie and her friends and her were doing coke one night. Said, that's a great idea. The girls are getting big enough. You ought to do, you know, and that was like, okay. And she was high as a kite and somebody was pushing her into it. 
Now, see, my mother, this is the part I don't understand. Okay, so I was supposed to be auctioned off at the hooker's ball. I was scared because one of the girls that worked for my mom, Eleanor, I have a gorgeous picture of her riding white horses in front of the pyramids saying, come, come, Mary, we'll find you a sheik. I was like, I was a little girl. I was like, no, I'm scared. I don't want to go. But um, I remember somebody saying I could get chopped up. Somebody said, no, Claire, don't, you know, you, they might go to somebody and, you know, those Muslim guys, they're really rough with girls. The Zodiac killer was out. He was chopping up girls. It was supposed to be auctioned at the hooker's ball. And then all of a sudden it didn't happen. And I just went to the party. And the next thing I know, I'm, um, there's an arrangement and a meeting and May comes and talks to me at a table with some other very important people. Now it was arranged. I go be with her. But yet she asked my permission. So she was made out to be my hero because all of a sudden now I'm not getting auctioned off to a creepy guy going to cut me up. Now I'm going to a nice white lady with a cute house. Get it? Now, you know what I mean? I felt Oh, you actually went to her house then? Yes. Okay. But I didn't live with her. I didn't live with her. Okay. So essentially, May Musk rescued Rosemary from being sold off. And Rosemary was worried about bad things happening to her, obviously. Um, if, if you're being sold off in a human trafficking, child trafficking ring, I'm sure it's not going to be fun. Yeah, it's not going to be good. So she was essentially saved by May Musk. That's why she calls May Musk her hero or light, right? They, she calls May Musk light. And she also does go into a side story about May Musk and what she was doing in San Francisco. Like, why was May Musk in San Francisco? She says something about how May Musk got tied up with Charles Manson and was helping to bring televisions into the prison to create a future army. Now, I did not capture that clip here because it wasn't really on the, the same train as Elon Musk, but. If May Musk did kind of come over to San Francisco, did she get caught up in this whole helter-skelter, you know, Charles Manson thing? I don't know. That's, I, I can't find any proof saying that that actually happened either, all right? Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty here. So this is where Elon is actually summoning this portal, right? Using these little African artifacts that May Musk had brought over from South Africa. Um, I was babysitting him, and May had a lot of ancient artifacts and stuff. He didn't have any normal toys, and um, he had he got into his mother's trunk. I I I always called it her African trunk because she's from. She told me she's from Africa, and there was these little rock statues in there. You know, like little, you know, action figures. And he would set him up in a certain way, like a little stone hinge on his bed. And his room was dark. It's always dark in there. And um, his, even though his room faced the street, it was like blackout curtain on that side. Um, like, so he couldn't see out. And I was the house almost across the street. And um, he set him up in a certain way. And you know when a little kid's sneaking and you still see that they're sneaking and they're trying to be sneaky and you think it's cute? You know what I mean? They're trying yeah. to hide something, but you know they do yeah. a cookie. He's kind of being like that happy, but it was wicked. And he said, call me Moon. And he said, Moon. 
come play with my friends. He's all excited. And I knew something weird was going on in there. And there was wind and energy. And um, I like peeked in the door. <laughs> I'm scared, man. I peeked in the door and something was wrong in there. And it was like, there was something happening. I, I don't know the language to describe it, but like. And how old do you think, how old would he be at this point in time? By the record, he would be seven or eight. But he was seven tiny, or eight. Two-year-old, like a baby that just learned how to walk. Like, so later I would wonder and doubt myself, is he one of his grandfather's lab experiments? You know, because I go, is he, is he human? I asked my aunt. She's like, I don't know. Those Illuminati. Um, is he human? She's wondering, you know, because he was very tiny as a child, she said. But by the record, he would be about seven or eight, right? Elon would be. So she's watching him around seven or eight years old. Elon was born in 1971, seven or eight years old, 1978, 1979, right around there, right? And that's right around where she was saying she would be around 13, 12 or 13 years old. So it, that matches up, all right? And if you do look at May Musk, she got in a divorce around 1979. However, they still said that May Musk stayed in South Africa. They didn't move over to San Francisco. But you never know. You never know. I'm just saying, like, that might add a little bit more clout to this story because it would give her a reason to escape South Africa. But I have not found anything that says May Musk moved to San Francisco at all. Uh, so Elon is playing with these artifacts, right? He's sneaking around doing things that he shouldn't be doing. And then she peeks in there. She's really scared. There's a lot of wind and energy happening in the room. All right. So this next one, she talks about meeting Elon for the first time and what happens. Kind of creepy. Sent over to my aunties, a meeting with May Musk. Somebody says, will you watch our kids? Well, will you watch my friend's kid while we go take, while we go on a prison visit? And I go, oh, your kids? Because there's this lady, Amelda. I go, oh, your kids? Because I thought I was going to watch everybody's kids together, a big pile, because sometimes people dumped all the children on me at one time. And that's how I ended up being a nanny. I play guitar and love them. So she said, no, her, this kid's special. He's coming from Africa. I thought he was going to be a little black retarded kid. Excuse me, but I was like, okay, a special little kid from Africa. Well, and this is in that in that time. Those are, you know, yes. Sorry, that's the language. We were so politically incorrect. And then they sent me off to hang out with him. And he, he was in my aunt's house. So my aunt loses her butt. All of a sudden, she gets this cute little house on Penny Lane. And, you know, Napa's pretty prestigious little place. And then I go off with the little boy and the women, and I call them, I can't tell you what I call them, actually, there's a cuss word in it. But I go off with the little boy, and we're playing, and he's skipping around like little guys do. He was tiny as a two-year-old, tiny. He's skipping around doing little skips like when a deer's born, you know, little kids skip and do little things. And he came over to the window, and he was looking at something out the window, and the sun was coming in the window. And I got down on my hands and knees, and he was trying to say something to me. I was like, what do you see, honey? What do you, you know, I thought it was a bug or in the window or something, a bug or he's pointing. And I got right down there with him. 
His eyes were black. His eyes were black. Black. And I was like, that's not normal. Like for a minute, they turned black. And I remember that fear in your soul and bones. And they weren't always black, but they were black when they should have not been black. The sun was coming in the window. His eyes were black. All right. Now, she did mention that Elon Musk was around two years old at this time. So that would be around seven, 1973, 74, right? So if Joshua Haldeman was faking his own death in 1974, he would get up and leave. Maybe he moved to San Francisco. I'm just saying, maybe, you know, right around that time. So, yeah, I, I don't know. She said that he was looking out the window and his eyes just turned black. And, you know, it made me think of the black-eyed children that uh, that story where you have these black eyed children come up and knock on the window asking for help but if you let them in they just will torment you it's like a demon type of entity all right i don't know if that's what she's trying to say here that elon musk was kind of a demon but hey all right this next clip goes into the portal that elon opens in his room and things get dicey real quick. Okay, he opened up something, a portal, a Stargate, whatever. But he was excited, and he was jumping up and down. And so he then, was able to open up a Stargate in his room. Whatever you want to call it. It was a different Yeah, dimension. a portal. Well, well, portal would be the actual name. And I've been so embarrassed to say it out loud that everybody would laugh at me or lock me up. Um, you know, I only told my aunt this i've never told the counselor this <laughs> i went to the edge of the doorway and i peeked in there and i was afraid just to peek and there was something happening in there like a sci-fi movie and there was something he set him up like a little stonehenge on his bed and he was tiny like i told you so tiny and he was jumping up and down and he was saying moon come play with my friends okay that right there says he knew exactly what he was doing it wasn't like he accidentally opened a portal and didn't know what he had friends. All right. So she's declaring that he knew what he was doing because he's seen these figures before. Friends, right? These are my friends. And he calls her Moon, which is very odd, you know. So May Musk is to re be referred to as Light and Rosemary is now Moon. So Elon Musk called his nanny Moon. And she was saying that Elon's saying, Moon, Moon, come play with my friends. Implying that he's been familiar with these creatures, whoever was these friends, right? Now, let's get into one of these. Uh, this is the main clip here that talks about how Rosemary went down into the abyss with Elon. I peeked in there and I was so scared. I'm embarrassed to tell this. It's so ridiculously weird. And he was being lifted and he was starting to go. He was being lifted. And like I've. He was being lifted. And he's being sucked in. I know this sounds ridiculous, but my aunt told me, don't let nothing happen to that effing little kid. And normally I would never let anything happen to a child that was watching. I would run between them and a pit bull. And I said, the way she said it, I said, why? And she goes, 
he's going to rule the world someday. And I'm like, what? Him? What do you mean? Why? And she said, don't you know nothing? They're the Illuminati. She would always do that to me. But she'd say, don't let nothing happen to him. He's going to rule the world someday. And I was like, that kid? You know, so I grabbed his little arm and I got sucked in. I got sucked into, it's like we went up and then we went down and it was dark in there, but it was glowing. And I can only tell you that when um, I remember my peripheral vision because I was afraid to look at it. Cause when you're a little kid and you look at the cartoons and there's a bad boogeyman in the Scooby-Doo and you see it's glowing eyes. It's like, don't look at his eyes. He'll get you. And I remember that whole, Oh, if you don't look at their eyes, they can't get you. <laughs> and I like, I was being sucked in and sucked down and I had his little arm and it was weird because like there was no bottom and there were these creatures in there and they were giant and they were semi-shaped like humans. They were glorious. They weren't like Smeagols or any creepy little demon dudes. They were like beautiful ancient creatures that moved in a different time and they were giant. And like they had a different head, like there was a bird head and like a cat head and a dog, jackal head. And I, I would compare them because I'm not super educated to like Egyptian type of things, uh, to the types of things may have, may had, you know, little artifacts of, I'm not from that region. So we're float, we're, we're coming down in there. One of them grabbed me by the throat. And I closed my eyes and I had him and I was tiny, like a little uh, rag doll compared to it. And it was holding me up like that. And I cried out. I felt like I couldn't talk. And I cried out, Jesus, save me. And it stopped and we, we flew back and we flew out of there and I still had him. I had a little arm <laughs> and we flew back and we rolled and we rolled out of his room and out of the hallway and into the living room. And I like, if you've ever fallen off a, a merry-go-round and you, woo, and you like stop yourself, you know, and I stopped and we like grabbed the ground and I was like, I just felt dizzy. And I looked up at him and he looked up at me and we we're like on the ground, like we're looking at a bug and he looked up at me and he goes, moon, why are you not like my friends? And I said, well, it's it's scary in your room, Elon. It's dark. Well, they started calling him Elon later. They switched his name. Um, and I remember the difference. So he tried to feed me to his friends, and he knew exactly what he was doing because he called me to come play with his friends. Those things and that. And I'm gonna, I said Revelation 10, but I think it's Revelation 9. But I think maybe he's the demon from the Apollo from Revelation 10. I think maybe he's a... Maybe he's a clone. So she's claiming that Elon Musk purposefully called her into the room to go play with the friends as a sacrifice, right? Because those things, she described these beings as different heads, like Egyptian gods, dark, glowing, gigantic, moving in a different sense of time. But they were choking her. Okay. And Elon Musk was confused. Why do you not like my friends? You know, like, come on, what's going on? These people are cool, right? So this, it sounds very fantastical. 
but it sounds a lot like um, those other possessions and other stories that you hear where you have something in the room, something uh, demonic, and then when you call out Jesus's name, it all stops, right? It fits the mold of those similar stories. And here is the final clip that kind of goes along with the first um, TikTok video that I showed you all, where she's talking about Elon bringing about the mark of the beast. Now, this is what this whole thing is about is, will Elon bring about the mark of the beast? At the end of that last clip, Rosemary said that she believes that Elon is Apollo or Apollyon, that the beast from the pit what do you think CERN is trying to do? Some of these you know, theories out there that CERN, it sits on the temple of Apollo, this old temple of Apollo, and it's opening up this pit to release Apollyon. Check out this last clip. After he did that opening the portal thing, um, I didn't tell what he did. And then I asked one of my other, this, the, the, the head mother of the Santeria, the head mother of the Santeria, and I think she's the head mother of those people that are southern borders, creating, She's they're calling them in, okay? They, they paid for this a long time ago. But I said, is he the Antichrist? And she didn't blink. She said, no, but he will present the mark. And when you see him do that, the stage <coughs> will be set. She said like, that? She said that. The stage will be set for the Antichrist to step forward. So August 28th, 2020, Elon Musk presented the Neuralink. Mm -hmm. Now, is the mark of the beast, the image of the beast to be worshipped? Are they the same thing? And if that was true, would that make him the false prophet? And I always, and, and if that was true, wouldn't that be a trick of the devil to give us a false prophet who's an atheist, rock star, supermodel girlfriends drive sports cars and tunnels around rocket ships all right so that's that's her hypothesis here is that he will be bringing about the mark of the beast to give rise to the antichrist now believe what you will this is one woman's story there's some stuff that i i think doesn't add up as far as when did they move to san francisco and did that happen, like, was it a short trip? Were they there for a long time? She describes that May Musk actually had a house there. I mean, maybe they have properties all over the place. If you recall, Joshua Haldeman was from Canada originally. So if they were going to go anywhere, they would move back to Canada. And, and in fact, Elon Musk stated that he didn't even move to the United States until he was like 17 or 18. He went to college. So it's one of those things where you have all of this stuff that, you know, kind of fits, but it doesn't really fit. You know, in the end times, is Elon Musk good? Is he bad? You know, look at his actions and look at what he's saying. They don't really align one another, right? So he is, he's causing this debate on whether or not he is a supervillain or a superhero. Am I right? And this debate will carry on. You know, he's he's doing all of these things with AI, with Starlink. He's potentially creating a monopoly as well with the internet up in Star with Starlink. Think about it. If the internet goes out, the only internet that's left is Starlink. 
he's completely monopolized the internet and he's created a one world internet. It's a single source of internet. Things like that to be concerned about, to really think about, and just to say, hey, is it is it all just surface level with this guy? Or is there something that he's trying to do and, and, and his intentions go much deeper, right? So that's my whole thing is just keep an eye out for Elon. He talks a good game, but then he's walking a different game. So I'm concerned about the direction that he's taking us, humanity, and I'm concerned about everything else that he might try to implement that might go around, it might implement this Mark of the Beast system, right? So that is that. That is this uh, part two. There might be a part three, depending on what else comes out about this guy. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, please leave that thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel. Everything you guys do helps out this show. I really do appreciate it. And if you really do want to help me out, go on to Apple or Spotify, download the episodes, subscribe to the channel, and leave a comment on there. Rate and review, okay? Everything you guys do helps out the show, and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. And until next time, everybody, stay steamy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.